Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. 1 Corinthians 13, starting at verse number 4. Would you read those first three words with me? Let's read them. Love is... We could just go home right there if we got that, right? (laughs) Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in... Uh, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the what, everybody? Amen. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always what, everybody? Perseveres. Perseveres. Let's read these next three words out loud. You ready? Come on. Love never fails. Would you just hold your hands out like this, everybody? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and say this prayer with me? Repeat it after me out loud. Dear God. I'm here today. I open my mind and my heart. Fill me, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, everybody. You may be seated. Again, I just, I just stated to you that we're concluding this series. We're starting a brand new series next week on the Beatitudes. And when you've seen the sign outside, it's called Attitude Check. I'm excited. Listen, next week, <clears throat> you realize it's called the Sermon on the Mount. And, and, and it's called the Sermon on the Mount. And it's the greatest teaching Jesus ever gave. And, and let me tell you something. The people that heard it was the one that was willing to climb the mountain. So over the summer here, the next several weeks, I'm going to ask you to climb the mountain by being here so that you can hear this and God can move in your lives. I just want what's good for you. Well, again, we're, we're in this series called Choose Love. And today I want to talk to you about uh, biblical. Let me give you our biblical definition of love first because we can't forget that. Remember what our biblical definition of love is? Here it is. Biblical love is doing good for another person no matter how I feel. Amen, everybody? I hope you're getting that. I hope, you, I hope you've got it sealed in your conscience, okay? And then we said there's four words that we've been saying throughout this whole series. Let's say them together. You ready? Come on. Here they are. I choose to love. Let's say it again. I choose to love. Well, today I want to talk to you about uh, that there are some D's, deadly D's in relationships. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you about eight of them. You don't have to write them all down, but you might want to just hear these. The deadly D's are difficulties in relationships there's disagreements in relationships there's differences in relationships there's discord in relationships there's disappointment in relationships there's defeat in relationships then there's uh dead ends in relationships there's depression in relationships there's delay in relationships there's doubts in relationships there's distance in relationships there's death in relationships and there's demands in relationships. Hope you got half of that. <laughs> but we can agree that there's difficulties in relationships. Amen, everybody? Amen. Let me, let's just do a poll right here today. Okay, so we're going to talk about today how to have lasting love. So let me just ask this question. How many people in this room have been married more than 25 years? Let me see your hand. Man, look at all these people. That's awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, let's take it up a notch. 
How many of you have been married more than 30 years? Let me see your hands. Oh, yeah, good number of people. How many people have been married more than 40 years in this room? Let me see your head. Wow, look at them, yes. How many people have been married more than 50 years in this room? Let me see your hands. Come on, let me see you. Hold them up high. 50 years. Let's, yes, yes, yes. So listen, when you want to know something about marriage, see these couples right here. That's right. They've endured. It's not been easy. I guarantee every one of them will tell you it's not been easy. They've endured. And so today we want to talk about how to have, how to have these relationships that last because we want to last. Amen, everybody? And so today I want to share that with you. The first thing I will tell you on your outline, how to have a relationship that lasts is number one is this, extend grace to others. Extend grace to others. Now, look what the Bible says. In Colossians 3.13, it says, make allowances for each other's what? For each other's what? That means that the person that you married is a sinner. The person that your parents are a sinner, and you are a bigger one. <laughs> Amen, everybody? Amen. That means we all have problems, right? So in all of our relationships, we have... So he says, make allowances for each other's fault. That means that you've got to give space because it's going to happen. They have faults, and so do you. Make allowances for each other's fault, and forgive anyone who offends you, Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must also forgive others. Now, when I say extend grace, what I'm trying to communicate to you today is extending grace means this. It means that I'm going to give, and extending grace, let me say it this way. Extending grace is giving to someone the good they don't deserve. Extending grace is giving the good to someone that they don't deserve. It's being good to them when they don't deserve you to be good to them. That's what grace is. Aren't you glad that God is gracious to us? Yes. Amen. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But he gives it to us. That's his grace. He gives us what we don't deserve, the goodness we don't deserve. And so grace in your life, you're gonna, if you're going to have a lasting relationships, you're going to have to give grace. You're going to have to give goodness to people when they don't deserve it, when they don't deserve it. So you've got to let go of the past. If you don't let go of the past, you're always going to be brokenhearted. You're always, your, your, faith, your song that you're going to sing in your mind all the time is, a, is that somebody done me wrong. Amen? And if you're always singing the somebody done me wrong song, you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be happy. We have to be very, very aware that to give grace. Now, it reminds me of the story that I heard of a farmer. A farmer was out in the field plowing, and he had, back in the old days, he had a mule. And his wife was standing at the window. She was doing some cleaning, and she was looking out the window. Of course, the windows are raised. There's no air conditioner. And the mule, the, the farmer starts yelling at the mule because the mule is going out of the row. He's going out of line. And, and, the, and the farmer starts yelling at him, stop, stop. And he's saying, oh, thing. And finally, pulls the mule, pulls the reins back on the mule. And he shouts, that's one. And so the mule starts plowing. He goes again and starts plowing. And all of a sudden, the mule does it again about 30 minutes later. Goes out of the row and starts going the wrong way. The, mule, the farmer yells at him and, and pulls the reins back. And he says, that's two. So he goes on again about another 30 minutes later, and the mule does it again. 
He goes out of the road. The farmer just pulls back on the reins and yells, that's three. Then he pulls out a gun and shoots the mule, kills him. Kills him, that's it. So after a while, he comes back into the house and his wife has made dinner. And he comes to the table and he says, we're eating beans again? She said, that's one. <laughs> Some of you today are going to use that, aren't you? That's one. Grace listens, everybody. Grace listens. Let me tell you something. Many people who are upset, many times they're, they're, they're yelling or fussing or whatever. Many times they don't really don't want you to do anything. They just want to be heard by you. Amen, everybody? So, so many times it's just they want to be heard. And I would just challenge you today to give the grace that you can listen. James 1 and 19, look what it says. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Let's read it together. You ready? Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Look at me, everybody. That is the recipe right there. That's the recipe. That's the recipe for a successful relationship. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. He goes on and says this, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So what I want you to do today is this, is this card that you have, I want you to hold on to that card, and I'm going to give you a next step just in a minute with that. But before I do that, I want to tell you something I read this week that's interesting. Do you know that the bullfrog, when it croaks, that God has given it a muscle, when that, when that bullfrog begins to croak and make that very crazy noise, obnoxious noise, that it has a muscle that, that all of a sudden goes to its ear that it cannot hear that tone. That bullfrog is making an obnoxious noise and has no idea how obnoxious it is. I know a lot of people like that. Don't you? They're, talk, they're, they're, they're saying all kinds of stuff, and they have no idea what they sound like. And so if you'll practice this, everybody got your card? Let me see your card. You get, let me make sure you all got one, all right? I'm going to ask you, this is our next step on our connection card. Look what it says. I will do my best to read James 1, 19 and 20 out loud when, everybody? Daily. Daily. That's your assignment. That's your assignment, America, right there. Assignment, Stockbridge Community Church. Take this card. If you want your life to get better, your relationships get better, take this card and read it out loud every day, daily, and watch what will happen in your life. I've gone a little bit further. Through this series, I realized that I need it really bad, so I just write it out every day. I write this ver these two verses out every day because I'm hard-headed. Now, I know nobody sitting here is in the same boat with me. But I'll forget it. I'll forget it. So I make myself write it down every day because I want to be quick to listen. Slow. Because, Jeff, don't you know, your pastor is quick to speak. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. Don't give me no amens out there. <laughs> Danielle said he is. <laughs> Number two. So we're going to, first thing that we're going to do today is we're going to extend grace to others. Number two is we're going to express faith through love. We're going to express faith through love. Going back to the text that we read, 1 Corinthians 13, 6 and 7 says, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. 
It always protects. And what's those next two words? Always. It always trusts. It always trusts. Maybe you need to circle that. It always trusts. It always hopes. And it always perseveres. Let me say this to you. Many times we think that trusting people are gullible people. Do you know that that's been debunked? That really, trusting people are less gullible. Many times we think that, you know, trusting people have a lower IQ. That's not true. It's been proven that people that trust have a higher IQ. And the one that you need to listen to the most is that trusting people are the most happiest people. They have the most joy in their life because they're not always looking over their back saying, oh, they're about to get me, they're about to get me. And today, if you don't hear anything else, I say that some of you just, just need to become more trusting. You say, well, what if they hurt me? Well, what if they do? You will get over it because it's, a, it's better to trust than to go through life not trusting. I'll give you a personal example of that. Uh, what I had to understand in life is this, is that love and trust go together in relationships. You can never have strong love in a relationship without trust. Do you agree with that, everybody? Yes. It's, hard, it's hard to love someone deeply in a relationship that you do not trust. In my life, I learned this earlier when I became the pastor of this church 28 years ago. An older pastor come and talked to me. He said, Jeff, you're going to be the, go, go be a pastor. So what I want to tell you is that you need to keep people at an arm's distance. Don't trust them. They'll hurt you. So you just, you just keep them right out here and you'll be okay. And I'm going to tell you something. I started off my journey as a pastor of this church that way. I tried to keep people out here. And what I found out was that I, I didn't have any deep relationships. And it wasn't working. And God had to do a work inside of me because of that horrible advice that I got from someone. And you say, Pastor Jeff, you've been the pastor of this church for 28 years. Has anybody ever hurt you? Yes. Oh, yes. But let me tell you something. For every one person that's hurt me, there's been hundreds that have loved me. Amen, everybody. Amen. I'll take those odds every day of the week. And that's why I'm telling you, yes, yes, I'm sure if you trust there's somebody that's going to hurt you. But if you, if you open up your heart, then there will be hundreds that will love you. And you will find that you're going to be much happier. You're going to have much more joy in your life when you begin to open up your heart and just let people in. Amen, everybody. Amen. 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 First John 4 and 18 says this. There is no fear in what, everybody? In love, there's no fear. But perfect love drives out what, everybody? Fear. If you're consumed with fear today, I want to ask you, who are you not trusting? Because fear has to do with punishment. And see, we're so afraid if we trust somebody that we're going to have hurt. We're going to have pain and we're going to have disappointment. We're afraid to trust and many in this room are afraid to trust God because you're afraid he may disappoint you. And so you've sort of closed them off. You're holding God right here. Let me tell you something. You can never know God until you open up your heart. He goes on to say, the one who fears is not made perfect in love. The one key evidence of trust is that you're willing to give others a second chance. It's amazing to me we have a lot of coaches in our church. A lot of people are coaches. 
It's amazing to me what a coach will do. They will use wisdom. When a, when a child has been given the ball to run a play, whether it be football, and they fumble the ball, you know, that child feels so defeated because they fumbled the ball. When they've been given the ball to take the shot and they miss the shot, they feel so defeated because they missed the shot. Well, a wise coach does the, the right thing. The wise coach will say, when it's the next time, the next time that they can get another play, the first thing they do is hand that kid the ball again and let that kid run with the ball. They give the, the kid the ball again so they can take the shot or take the shot in order to give that kid confidence because they know it's important to, to put trust back in that kid because that kid will never trust themselves until somebody else trusts them. And there's a lot of people around us right now that the world has beat up and said, I'll never trust you again. I'll never trust you again. I'll never trust you again. And because of that, they're walking around with this cloud over their head. They need somebody like you and like you and like you and like you to, to stand up and say, I know you've dropped the ball before and I've dropped the ball before but I'm going to trust you and give it to you again now run with it amen everybody that's all right I'm more excited about this than you are I guess I've dropped the ball more than you have Galatians says this Galatians 5 and 6 the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love through love I thank God for all the people in my life that have believed in me. Let me tell you something. I wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't for my wife. When we were 21 years old, we got married as teenagers. You want to see a miracle? Look right up here. Here's one of them. We got married. I was 19. She was 18. When we were 21 years old, I felt God was calling me to, to go into the ministry full time. And I asked Rhonda, I said, Rhonda, I feel like that we've got to move from our small town where our families for generations have lived. Nobody in our family had ever left our small town. I said, Rhonda, I feel like that we need to go and we need to move about an hour and a half away to a church that I can go and get training. And that we're going to have to quit our jobs. We're going to have to leave grandmother's Sunday dinner. Her grandmother's Sunday, that was, I don't, her grandmother passed away at 92 years of age. I don't think she ever forgave me. I moved her granddaughter away. Oh my, I'm telling you, I don't know if she ever forgave me. And what I want to tell you is this, is that when I told her that, that we would have to move to this area and go get jobs and find a place to live just so I could go get the training that I needed, I never will forget her looking at me at 21 years of age and having to leave everything and saying, Jeff, if that's what you think God wants us to do, I'll go. Let me tell you something. There would be no Stockbridge Community Church like we know it today had not she said, yes, I will go. She believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. And all through this journey of 28 years, there have been so many times that she's believed in me. Amen. 
Not only her, but you. And you, you, many of you sitting here have been on this journey with us so long. And there's been many times I've said, listen, this is what I feel like God's calling us to do as a church. And so many of you said, Pastor, if that's what you feel that God's calling us to do, we're on board. Let's go do it. Amen. And we're here today because of what God can do when we work together. Amen. Glory to God. I want you, this didn't happen by me. It's all of us working together. And you believing in me. Thank God for the people that believed in me more than I believed in myself. Amen? Amen. Today, I want you to know there's someone that believes in you more than you believe in yourself. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the Savior of the world. When you, were, when, you were, when you were being formed in your mother's womb, you say, oh, pastor, I was a mistake. No, 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 no. Your, your parents might have said that, but you was no mistake. Before you were ever born, God had your life planned out. He knew the purpose he had for you. Amen, everybody. There's no mistakes. Amen. Amen. And today, I want to tell you that he believes in you because he forms you inside your mother's womb. He saw the very day that you was conceived. He, the day that you was born, he was there. And the, every day of your life, he's been walking beside you. And he's been waiting on one thing for you to say, God, come into my life. He's been waiting on you to say, Jesus, take control of my life. Because he wants to lead you to a better way. I want to stop right now because there's many people in this room and watching online right now that need to make that decision. Your life's never going to go where you want it to go until you ask him to be the Lord of it. Amen, everybody. Would you just bow your heads with me? Today, if you say, you know, I need to be saved. I need to give Jesus control of my life. If you just say this prayer, not even out loud with me, but just say it in your heart, your mind, he'll hear you and he'll do it. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I need you. I need you to lead me. I need you to guide me. I need you to forgive me. And save me, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Amen. Can we give God a hand for all the people that just prayed that prayer? <clears throat> for those of you that prayed the prayer, would you just, on the back of this card, check the box that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. And, and those of you online, listen, I want to be your pastor. But the only way that I know you're out there is you fill out one of these cards. Would you fill the card out? If you may have prayed that prayer, would you check it? And everybody in this room, because I want to send everybody something in the mail that will help you on your spiritual journey. Okay, so we realize that we got to extend grace. We have to express faith through love. The third thing I want to tell you is that we have to endure through the bad times. Amen, everybody. This is, this is where the rubber meets the road right here. We have to endure through the bad times. In every relationship, there's going to be rocky times. Amen? I said amen. amen. Yes, that's right. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 13 and 7. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. And what's those last three words? Endures all things. Let me tell you something. If you're tired of starting over, here's some words of advice. Stop quitting. Stop quitting. Stop quitting. Great people that do e extraordinary things are ordinary people who refuse to quit. Amen. You've seen those couples. They, they've been married over 50 years. You know why? They refuse to quit. 
They would tell you, everyone, I guarantee you both couples say, man, there was tough times in our relationship, but we refused to quit. Refused to quit. One of the greatest secrets of lasting love is simply these things. Don't give up. Stay in it. Keep going. Those are the greatest words I could tell you today. When God decided to make a mushroom, when he decides to make a mushroom, he takes six hours. And a mushroom, isn't it amazing how you can go to bed at night and wake up the next morning and there's mushrooms all in the yard. Like, what in the world did that come from? <laughs> that and ants amaze me, amen? <laughs> when God creates a mushroom, six hours. But when he creates an oak tree, it's 60 years. Let me ask you something. What do you want your marriage to be? You want to be a mushroom or an oak tree? What do you want your relationships to your parents to be? A mushroom or an oak tree? What do you want your relationships to be? You get to choose. And the greatest thing is by not quitting. Amen, everybody? Don't give up. Don't give up. Do you know the number one, the number one thing that kills love? The number one thing is neglect. When Rhonda and I, it's been about 15 years ago now, I had two pastor friends that had affairs within six months of each other, and they were a little younger than me, and they were very close friends. And let me just tell you something, it scared me to death. I'm not kidding you. Because I thought if it could happen to them, it could happen to us. And so we went back to our counselor. And we sat down and we paid him big money. And we said, look at our lives, look at our marriage and tell us, do you see any openings? Because the last thing I want to do, the last thing I want to do is ever let you down. I never want to let my kids down and I never want to let you down. I never want you to have to say that my pastor cheated on his wife. I never want that to be the case. And so we sat down, and we went to a couple of sessions with him, and he said, I think I see something. I, we thought, what is it? He said, you both love each other deeply, but the only thing I can see that would be a door opening is that you're neglecting to be with each other. You need to date. And I want to tell you something. He gave us that word, and we did it. Sometimes we went on a date mad at each other. We did it because it was Thursday night and we date on Thursday night. Where you want to go? I don't know. We're going. <laughs> Can you handle this transparency? Because, see, you guys got to hang in there. You just got to keep going. You can't stop. Amen, everybody? And so I'm telling you, it's neglect. When we neglect each other, that person, you're, don't, neglect the, don't neglect your spouse. Your kids are not more important. Your kids are not more important. Because I can tell you, they're going to move out and move on, and you're going to be stuck with each other. So you might as well be in love. Amen? My kids say, I'm coming home. I say, oh, for one night, because me and Mama got the house. All right. Galatians 6 and 9, watch what happens here. Let us, let us not become weary in what, everybody? Doing good. Doing good. 
For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not what? If you're going to reap, you've got to hang in there. You know, if you want what these people got, these 50, people in marriage, 50, if you want what they got, you've got to do what they did to get what they got. Amen? You've got to do what they did in order to get what they got. And, and what they got is they hung in there. Amen, everybody. Don't give up. He goes on and says this. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us what, everybody? What's those two words? Do good to who? Especially those who belong to the family of believers. We're called to do good. That's our call. If you're going to endure, you've got to make up your mind that I'm going to love people no matter what. I'm going to do good for people no matter how I feel. That's what love is all about. And the Bible says in Romans 12, 21, look what it says. Don't be overcome by what? Because this is your choice. Either you're going to be overcome and you're going to do what everybody else is doing that's wrong, or either you're going to stand up and do something else. He said, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with what? With good. We're called today. Biblical love is doing good for another person no matter how I feel. And I want to tell you that God has called us, everybody. We're not just a church that's just known as on, on Highway 155, 4401 Highway 155 North, that's a building that sets there. No, we're a people, a movement. We're the church, amen. And God has called us that we're going to walk into our world. We're going to go into our jobs and into our schools and our neighborhood. And we're going to love those people that nobody else loves, amen. And we're going to show the world today that there's another way that you don't have to hate and you don't have to be angry all the time that you can love somebody amen? amen let me tell you something we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this with our hands and our feet i want you to know that that's why we go to the food pantry every month and we have an army of people go there one because we're gonna make sure that the poor are fed amen those that are down and out are gonna have something to eat and that's why we go into our community with our hands and our feet and we go to like that lady miss stroud's house that we're helping rebuild right now because we're gonna do for the least of these amen we're gonna do good to everybody amen God's not, God's called you to make a difference with your life. And as your pastor, I'm never going to shut up or back down until you get into your calling and you find out God's plan for your life. We're going to help you. Amen, everybody. We're going to use our hands and our feet. We're going to use our dollars, everybody. I want to tell you, I cannot speak for where your dollars go for everything else. But when you give your dollars through Stockbridge Community Church, they're going to do good. I want to tell you that right now, I want you to know that your dollars right now are rescuing people off the streets that are in sex trafficking now. Our dollars are going to do good. Our dollars are going to do good. We can't go. I can't do it. You can't go. You can't do it. But our dollar will be there and it'll be sponsoring those that can. Amen, everybody. Ukraine right now. I can't go rescue those children that are, that are orphans over there now because the war they didn't ask for. But I want you to know right now, our dollars are over there right now. Those children are having a roof over their head. They got foods in their stomach because our dollars are going where we can't go. And they're doing what we can't do. We are going to do good with our hands and our feet. We're going to do good with our dollars. And we're going to do good with our spirits. Amen. I want you to know that God has called us. 
You say, how do you do that? The Bible says that the battle that we're in, we're in the, we're in the Lord's army, everybody. We're fighting a fight. And the Bible said the weapons that we fight with, they're not fleshly, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and the casting down of imagination and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Amen, everybody. We have spiritual power that we've not tapped into. We've just, we, we have forgotten that God has called, that when we get on our knees, that God, all this, God begins to hear our prayers. And when we pray, we're the strongest. We're the mightiest when we get on our knees and pray. And I want you to know that we're going to lead the way in that. Listen, on July 29th, write it down. I hope you put it in your planner. On July, on July 29th, at 9 a.m., there was 52 schools in Henry County. And we are going to surround those schools. We're going to pray over those schools. We're going to pray around those schools. And listen, we say, well, what can we do? And we say that prayer should not be the last thing. It should be the first thing. And let me just tell you something. We're going to pray. Not only are we going to pray, we're going to get 50 other churches to join in with us. Amen, everybody. It's not going to be a Stockbridge community movement. It's going to be a move of God all over our county. And we're going to change our community. Our children will have a chance. God, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray, everybody. You can sit on the sidelines and say, oh, what can we do? We know what we can do. We're going to get on our knees before Almighty God, and we're going to call out to God, and we're going to hear from heaven, and God's going to move. Amen. God's going to move. God's going to move. God is moving. He's moving when His people pray. We will endure. We will push back the gates of hell. Amen, everybody. We are soldiers, warriors for the Lord. Come on, stand with me, everybody. Listen, I know you may be our guest today, and we're glad you're here, and you think that pastor lost his mind. You're right. I have. I've gone crazy because I believe in our kids. See, I serve on this board. It's called CPAC. It's Citizens Police Advisory Committee. And the chief of police looked at us. There's six of us. He said, the greatest need we got is our schools. Tell me what to do. He looked at us and said, tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. The only thing I, I know to do is that we pray and do the spiritual battle. Amen. We got enough police officers. The police officers are in the school. They're doing all they can, but there's a spiritual war that they can't fight. We can fight it. Amen. God, today, I thank you, Lord God Almighty. You've called our church, oh God. You've called us to be a movement. God, this love, oh God, that you've given us that we can't keep it to ourselves. And God, love that does no good is no good. And so, God, we're going to go. We're going to go into our homes, oh God, and we're going to do good for people that, Lord, that, that are not been good to us. 
Lord, no matter how we feel, we're going to walk into our jobs. And, and Lord, we're going to do good to people, Lord, no matter how we feel. Lord, we're going to walk into our classrooms, oh God. And we're going to do good for people no matter how we feel. Lord, we're going we're gonna to walk into these schools and around these schools, oh God. And we're going to do the good that we know to do. And that is to pray, oh God. And you said if we seek your faith, if we would humble ourselves and seek your faith and turn from our wicked ways, oh God, that you would hear from heaven, oh Lord. We believe that you're going to put a mighty band of angels around every school, oh God. And what the enemy meant for evil, oh God, you're going to turn from good. And Lord, we're going to be known as a county, oh God, that where the heavenly glory of God shines over, oh Lord. And we're going to change it in Jesus' name. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.